This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley's pasture-raised chicken sticks. I'm super excited to share Paleo Valley's brand new pasture-raised chicken sticks. These chicken sticks are made from 100% pasture-raised chicken and organic spices that are preserved using natural fermentation rather than preservatives. So yes, no fake stuff or additives here. These chicken sticks are sourced from regenerative family farms raised on American pastures and each stick is free of chemicals, antibiotics, pesticides, and added hormones. Paleo Valley's chicken sticks are a perfect snack packed with 7 grams of protein and frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.com slash nwj and use code nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks again for listening and supporting this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. For joining me today. My name is Judy Cho and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. I work with clients to get to root cause healing and oftentimes that is a meat-based elimination diet to do some gut healing. I am also the author of Carnivore Cure. If you are interested in a meat-based diet, want to try it for an elimination and then slowly reintroduce all types of foods, I highly recommend checking out the book. There are over 200 color graphics that can help you and always be a resource in the future. Okay, so today is a two-part series. We are going to talk about stress and how that impacts your minerals. I really wanted to do this series because I was a big advocate of not really needing a ton of extra minerals, and I still feel that way to an extent. But sometimes for some people, especially if the body has been really imbalanced with minerals, just doing some Soleil water with a little bit of salt may not be enough. This first episode is going to talk about the um, impact of stress on the body and again, how it affects your hormones and even how it affects the blood pressure and salt levels in the body. Okay, so if you look at this graphic, it talks about acute versus chronic stress. So before we even talk about stress, let's talk about the different kinds. There are acute stressors in our life, which are basically sudden, typically short-lived and threatening events. This can be giving a speech. Um, extended fasting, lifting heavy weights, uh, life change such as like a job change or a death in the family, um, a presentation at work, running sprints. So if you think about the stress response from a physical perspective, we start getting kind of sweaty, we start feeling kind of anxious, our adrenaline's kind of pumping. And that is what acute stress is or just very short term, uh, really quick stressors. And then we have chronic stress, which is the ongoing environmental demand. So that could be your drive to work, a poor diet, poor sleep habits, marital conflicts, um, having bad environmental friends and just uh, peers in your community that's affecting you negatively, and even work stress. Um, I think work stress is a big one. And even everything that's going on in our communities today, right? So um, everything that has to do with the pandemic is a huge stressor. And we've kind of almost learned to deal with these chronic stresses. But The thing is that these stressors are very, very toxic to the body. If you guys actually want all of these graphics that are in this two-part series, just let me know and I can share um, the stress portion of it um, and I can share it in a PDF file for you. So the second graphic is, you know, chronic stress culprits. These are other examples 
of what basically our body will produce extra cortisol. And I'll get into that in a second of how we produce cortisol in the body. So a refined sugar, highly processed food diet will cause um, your glucose to skyrocket and then insulin has to come out. And over time, when your insulin is not able to better manage your glucose levels, then adrenals have to output cortisol to even balance your blood sugars. So the first and foremost is we can reduce some of the chronic uh, stress in our bodies by just changing our diet. And then other areas are coffees and other stimulants. So they are uh, cortisol output, same with alcohol, emotional stress, uh, poor sleep, nutritional deficiencies. So that can be under eating. That can also be a poor gut, which is the next one. But if you don't have enough good gut health, you don't have enough stomach acid to break down the nutrients and then get them absorbed in the small intestine, you will have nutritional deficiencies. It doesn't matter if you eat the highest quality meats. You can ask any of my clients. Um, Many of them eat nose tail, grass fed, grass finished, all of these types of very nutrient dense foods, and they still show nutritional deficiencies. And oftentimes it's because their gut still needs work. And then the other one is another big stress is disease and pathology. So that could be mental stress. Um, If you've had trauma in the past in your life, or you've had you know, an illness, so autoimmune, or you're constantly stressed physically, you just wake up with an achy body, all of these cause stressors, and then even how you perceive your stress. So in your mind, if you're stressed, because you know, you have a busy day, your body's not feeling great, all of these things, the way that you kind of view the world will definitely affect the way that you then deal with stress internally. So how does stress work on the bodies? If you look at this graphic, it shows that basically, you feel stress or you perceive stress or you have stress, right? Whether again, it could be you get in a car accident, you're about to have a speech, um, you're just mentally stressed, right? Someone says something to you and now you're ruminating on the thoughts and just overly getting yourself worked up. All of this is the same reaction in your body. And so if you look here, your stress will then basically um, knock on your adrenals or your endocrine system to then do all this work. So all of these letters and alphabet soup, right? All of these are basically different hormones that are activated by your endocrine system, the hormone system that then tells the brain, oh no, they need to release some glucose from, you know, stored parts of the body, or we need to release some ACTH for Um, release of hormones in the endocrine system. So then what ends up happening is when you are constantly having this high glucose, um, the blood sugar imbalance, uh, the high stress, then you start having physical symptoms in the body. And that includes inflammation, metabolic dysregulation, and mood dysregulation. So if you notice that whenever you're stressed, now the chronic stress is like always making you feel sick. Um, you feel inflammation. You are noticing you're not losing weight on your diet. And that even causes a stress because you're frustrated that the diet's not working. Um, and then you just start having low mood. All of this gets impacted by stress. It will cause your digestive system to be a little bit more permeable. And we'll talk more of that in, um, in an upcoming graphic. So what you really want to do, though, is know that every time you're stressed, it will impact the body. So if you've been following my work for a while, then you know that I'm not the biggest fan of just interjecting hormones randomly because some deficiency is seen in the body. Hormone tests are really important. Um, You want to know where your thyroid hormones are and your general kind of um, sex hormones, but you don't want to just fill in the gaps with medication because 
we have to get to the root cause. And so that's why I always talk about this kind of waterfall graphic. Um, it's really a cascade of issues that happens in the body. And this is also in the Carnivore Cure book. But if you look at the causes of endocrine disruption, and endocrine, remember, is your whole hormonal state. But basically, it's stress, toxins, um, environmental toxins is one. It could even be toxic people, toxic environment, your poor diet. It doesn't have to necessarily be that you're just eating uh, processed foods. It could just be also the poor digestion, uh, mineral imbalances, which we'll get into in the next video. And then also your essential fatty acids. This is why I'm a huge fan of eating quality salmon and maybe sardines or um, even fish roe. You need the DHA and EPA, every single outer cell membrane is made of good fats and you need some from the fish that is very beneficial. And then water dehydration is such an important one. I just wrote a blog post not too long ago about what are ideal levels amounts of hydration. Um, I think there is a sort of dogma in the carnivore space where you just drink to thirst, but I don't agree with that. I think that yes, drink to thirst, but sometimes we're not as aware of what's going on in our body. And so as a general rule of thumb, you do want to drink about half of your body weight in ounces. You can, I'll link to the blog post. And so just make sure to kind of check out the blog post and read about quality waters and why you may not even want to drink your tap water. One thing is if you've never watched the movie, uh, The Devil We Know, I highly recommend it. You probably will never drink your tap water again. Okay. So if you look at this graphic, you see that your hormonal system starts getting imbalanced. Your blood sugar is the first thing that it gets imbalanced, right? Again, if you're eating a high sugar diet, you'll have sugar come out, then insulin needs to balance over time. As that doesn't get balanced, then your endocrine system has to be knocked on. Um, the adrenals have to come and then balance your blood sugar with your um, cortisol. Um, and then if you are overly now using cortisol, well, then there goes your health of your adrenals. Then there goes your pituitary and your pituitary is what decides kind of how much thyroid hormone is in the body with the hypothalamus. And then, so there goes your thyroid and there goes your sex hormones. What I always want to really kind of drill home with this is that if you are having an imbalance with your thyroid, one, are you eating enough protein and iodine, which are the building blocks for thyroid hormones? But other than that, if it's because you're so stressed or um, you are not eating enough, which is another stressor, but if your blood sugar is imbalanced and then you're kind of using all the stress and the all the raw materials in their body to produce cortisol, your body is going to prioritize that over thyroid and over sex hormones. You can live another day if your thyroid is imbalanced, you're losing your hair, you're thinning skin, um, even and then with your sex hormones, if you're not getting your period, uh, if you're not ovulating, you don't have a regular cycle. Your body needs to have your blood sugar balanced because if you don't, you can die. And so your body is very smart and it prioritizes living over everything else. Fertility and having a baby is not a priority if your body itself is not healthy. And I always say that blood sugar is so important to balance because the difference between someone that is not diabetic, so that has 80 milligrams over deciliters uh, versus someone that is diabetic, which has like at least 120 milligrams per deciliter, that 40 milligram deciliter Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful.
difference is only a quarter teaspoon of sugar in the blood. So if you think about that, when we eat a lot of sugar and a lot of junk foods, what do you think it does to the body and how imagine how all the hormones need to balance that, whether it's insulin or cortisol. So the next two slides are a little sciencey, but I really want you guys to understand this because it is so important to one, I'm hoping that it'll help you to reduce the stress, but also if you are taking any sex hormone replacements, um, even thyroid medication, just understand how it can affect everything else. So this example is, in essence, this is how cholesterol is used to produce um, your, se- uh, your sex hormones, your stress hormones. And so if you look, one, some of the cholesterol in our body will be produced within our body, but then we also get a lot from our food. So eating saturated fats is such a big deal. And on top of all of this, our brain, remember, is 60% cholesterol. So we want to eat a lot of cholesterol for our hormones. So if you look here, your cholesterol can go down and make your sex hormones DHEA. It can make your testosterone or your estradiol or your progesterone. But if you are stressed out, instead of making the DHEA or the progesterone, it is going to prioritize cortisol because again, cortisol will help balance your blood sugars and help you to manage stress. So then there goes your DHEA, there goes your estrone, your estradiol, your DHT, and your testosterone. And so we have to wonder, when we start supplementing the pregnenolone or the, um, to get progesterone, are we really making progesterone or are we just fueling the fire of making more cortisol, which then causes inflammation in the body and all these other issues? Now, one thing I want you to see is the aldosterone that's also connected to progesterone. So when you are highly stressed, one of the minerals that really gets affected by this is sodium. So we'll talk about sodium in our next episode. But if you look, aldosterone is what hormone determines how much salt or sodium will be in your cells. So you have to wonder if you're having an imbalance with sodium, is it that you're having too much cortisol and then things are getting um, shuttled to cortisol and then you're not able to balance your sodium levels well? Okay, so one more detailed graphic. So if you look at the very top, the mineral corticoids, the glucocorticoids, the sex hormones, these are all your sex hormones. They are all managed by your adrenals, your endocrine system. So again, if you look, cholesterol can go down and make penelalone, progesterone, uh, corticosterone, and then aldosterone, which is again, is basically determines how much salt is in your body and affects your blood pressure. And then the glutocorticoids is what eventually produces cortisol. And then your sex hormones produces the testosterone, the estradiol and the DHEA and so on and so forth. So again, if we are just supplementing DHEA, we're supplementing pregnenolone. If the core issue of why we're deficient in all of this is our cortisol levels, what do you think happens when we're just supplementing all these other areas? Maybe we feel a little bit better initially, but maybe some of it's also going to get shuttled to make more cortisol. Maybe the imbalance is that your body is telling you something's wrong. I don't feel good having all this stress, so go and fix it. And so then I can rebalance instead of here, let me just shovel in some medications so you feel better. One last thing I just want to point to all of this is if your cortisol takes over your whole endocrine system, which is also your thyroid and your sex hormones, imagine how much then your sex hormones and your thyroid gets neglected. So I know a lot of people focus on the thyroid, but I really think it's a consequence of not healing root cause. And root cause is always gut health, um, making sure you even have the raw materials to produce all these things, um, managing stress, 
managing the minerals that will decide, you know, what things are kind of going off because of the spark plugs and then your fatty acids. So that's just something to consider when you are just focusing on healing the thyroid and the sex hormones. They're obviously very easy to focus on because they have the blatant symptoms, but you really want to get to root cause. So what does stress on the body even look like? Um, I know that people are like, I already know that we need to manage stress. I know that stress is a big deal, you know, but do we really know? And so these are some of the examples of a short-term stress response versus long-term chronic stress response. And again, the way that we manage stress in the body is with cortisol. So a short-term stress response can be increased heart rate, increased blood pressure. Um, Your liver will convert glycogen to glucose. So your stored sugars in your muscles and your um, liver will then be released into your blood. And that's why a lot of times when we're stressed, our blood sugar goes up. Um, And then your changes in your blood flow, which then will impact your gut permeability. So this is why I think that when you're running a marathon and then eating like a granola bar while you're running is such a bad idea. Your granola, first of all, will already cause gut permeability, but your stomach is already um, in a more gut permeable state. So it's just not a good idea. That's why I think when you're stressed and you're eating, it's not a good idea. You're not probably going to digest and absorb a lot of your nutrients, but also it's just going to cause more havoc on the digestive process. And then remember your small intestine where you absorb is also where your immune system is. So then imagine a lot of these foods then becoming kind of an attack to the body and then causing an immune response. And then lastly, think about when um, our blood sugar already goes up during stress. Well, then imagine when we're also eating sugar. So it's like a double whammy of increased blood glucose levels and just not feeling well. So you have to wonder, you know, last year, a lot of people, when, you know, COVID hit and everyone was really stressed, a lot of people stopped eating meat based because they were so stressed. They said the diet wasn't working, but was it just the stress response and then the desire for sugar to refuel the body? Or was it really that the meat-based diet wasn't working? These are just things to really kind of consider as, um, you know, you are looking to heal. In terms of the long-term stress response, so this is where your retention of sodium and water will happen by the kidneys. And remember, as we just talked about, that is your aldosterone. So that will get impacted if you're overly using your cortisol. Um, your increased blood volume and blood pressure will happen. So again, if you're struggling with blood pressure, if you've already cleaned up your diet, I would look into your stress responses. Are you able to manage your stress? And then your proteins and fats, again, will be converted to glucose for energy. Um, You'll have an increased consistent blood glucose, and then eventually you'll have a suppressed immune system. So if you notice that you're chronically stressed, you get sick often, you're always having a little bit of a cold, you just don't feel well, you're just kind of under the weather and you're just irritable. All of these are impacted and exacerbated by stress. Other signs of stress on the body and symptoms that are associated with chronic inflammation is eczema, fibromyalgia, gastroenteritis, gingivitis, heart disease, hepatitis, high blood pressure, insulin resistance, interstitial cystitis, another gut issue, uh, obesity, joint pain, rheumatoid arthritis, um, arthritis, metabolic syndromes, nephritis, osteopenia, osteoporosis, Parkinson's, and periodontal disease. So if you think about all these things, when we say, yeah, we're going to manage stress or I'm going to manage stress, are you really managing it? Because a lot of these things can manifest just from having chronic stress in your lives. Remember, in this graphic, I talked about how chronic stress can then cause inflammation in the body. We think of inflammation as just coming from foods, but actually it could be the endocrine system releasing it 
to basically man manage the stress better. And that can be either through using your minerals or, you know, using the cortisol in the body. So we really want to manage our stress. Some ways that we can practice self-care and reduce stress is taking a break from the news. Um, I mentioned this in a recent podcast I did with Laura Spath on our Cutting Against the Grain podcast, but sometimes these days uh, people are just in a higher stress state. So people are a lot more irritable and more angry. Things set people off much more easier. And so taking a break from news, taking a break from all that's going on in the world can be beneficial so that you can be a better person and just not have a lot of stress. I always think hope is really important if it's a religion that you believe in, or it's just having faith that tomorrow may be better and that you just focus on today. Um, Don't worry too much about what everything means with, you know, X, Y, Z things happening in the place, um, in the space, but just focus on today. Um, You can check in with loved ones. I think having community is so important and feeling connected, feeling the feelings of, I understand you, I get you, I see you. These things are so important to feel nourished in the soul. Um, And that is talking about community support. Um, Obviously nourishing your body with the right food. So when you're in a more calm state, maybe you need to do some breathing exercises right before you eat. I personally pray right before I eat, but that will give you a break, get into a more rest and, and relaxed state that is more conducive to digestion. And then you can eat the foods that will actually break down into good raw materials for your body to use then to make other things in the body. Setting boundaries is such an important thing. So if you notice that you're always the yes person, the one that's always giving, and then by the end of the day, you feel depleted, it's time to check in and really wonder, where can I set boundaries to then be able to still be myself and help others and and just have a lower stress state? I always say work on a to-do list. I'm very organized and I find that as much as I'm juggling so many things, it's so helpful to be organized and have a to-do list so that you're not worried about, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? And stay up late at night talking about what are the things I need to do? What do I need to finish this week? What do I need to sign? And all of these things. And instead, if you just have your big rocks or the big milestones that you need to complete tomorrow, then you're not worried about, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? And then stay up late and then produce a cortisol response. I think honestly, music and meditation are so important. I love music and that's how I work. I get inspired. I uh, write with music in the background. I work out with like music in the background. Music is, um, there are so many studies that show how it can alleviate stress. It can just be very therapeutic. So I highly recommend listening to music and just a good song that even may be nostalgic for you that may make you feel reminiscent of good times in the past. That was your jam. The last one example is a bellyache laugh. So you think about kids and how they just laugh at everything and they're just on the floor cracking up and then you just can't help laugh with them. Um, A lot of laughter just releases stress and it just puts you in a different, um, a non-stress state. And so maybe watching some comedy or having a laugh with your kids and just enjoying the moment and think of things that are funny can actually do good for your stress response. Here are some other ways that you can reduce stress. So sleeping is really important. Make sure to prioritize sleep in a podcast. Recently, I said that I don't do that. So that's something I am working on. Um, just self-care. So some of the things we just brought up, what are some things that you just enjoy doing? Do you like going to get your hair done? Um, do you like going shopping? Do you like spending time with others? Do you like you know, playing a round of golf, figure out what works for you. Um, Mindset is really important. You know, I talked about internal scripts often. So 
when an, a stressor happens in your life, so let's say at your job, your boss kind of yells at you, how do you deal with that? So are you now spewing in your anger and all day now you just ruined your day? That kind of stuff will affect your stress. So figure out ways of how can you manage that? Maybe it's not you and maybe your boss has his own personal issues that are causing that, right? So I would try to change the narrative. If you were talking to your best friend, how would you alleviate some of the stress that you just experienced with your boss? Find ways to remove the stress quickly and just move on from it, whether that's like talking about it really quickly to someone, but rationalize with your mind of why it's not about you and why you should move on from that stress. Other ways is meditation and therapy. Um, I think that everyone should really do some therapy and do some inner work for healing. I think everyone has some bits of trauma and and hurt from the past that you may just need. Um, Exercise is really good for some. I know that some days I hate exercising, but I always feel better after I have a good run or a a good elliptical session. Um, It always makes me feel like endorphins have released and I just feel happier. Like, hey, things are going to be okay and this too shall pass, right? So even though if maybe you don't want to work out, maybe it'll be good for you to release some of that cortisol. And then lastly, I always recommend my clients to do some gratitude work. So at the end of the day, even if it's a hard day, you know, what are you grateful for in the day? There must've been a few things that you're grateful for. And so for every night we ask our kids, what are you grateful for today? And sometimes they have three things. Sometimes they have one. I mean, there's been a day where my son said, I'm grateful for nothing. And he was mad that day, but you know, and then we talked him through it and he had something that he was still grateful for. So it's finding the silver lining in every day. I know it's easier said than done, but remember the stress response and that it will adversely impact your body. So fake it until you can make it right. So force the gratitude, force the happiness if you can. I'll leave you guys with this last graphic and it's um, another graphic that's in Carnivore Cure. It's figure 12.7. So it's in chapter 12, but it's the impacts of chronically high cortisol. So if you see the um, orange or salmon color elevated control uh, cortisol, that eventually will affect adrenal exhaustion, but it affects all these different things. It will affect your intestinal dysbiosis, um, thyroid imbalances, insulin resistance, low T3, um, low progesterone, and increased cancer risk. And there's several graphics like this in carnivore cure, but what you really need to understand is that sometimes if you're stalling with weight, sometimes if you're just not happy, a lot of these things really just comes down to managing stress. I know that we think that stress is something that we should manage. And sometimes we just are in the mindset of, well, this is just my life and I can't really do anything about it, but I just wouldn't kind of leave it at that and just try to focus on stress. All right, guys, stay tuned for part two, where I am going to talk about how stress then affects our minerals and why I may have actually been wrong about potassium. So stay tuned for that. I hope that this discussion was helpful. I know it's a lot of information. The biggest point is we need to try to reduce stress, whether it's from a environmental, a food, um, even in our mindset, because it will cause illness in the body. And so diet is not the only thing we need to work on. It's the other things as well. And sometimes we may have to change our environment. Sometimes that means that we have to change our job. I never think any job is worth ruining your health or for illness. So it's just something to think about. A lot of the sciencey parts I showed you is to really drill home. This is what actually works in your body when you have high cortisol levels. Just something to think about. The biggest takeaway is find ways to manage your stress that will be conducive for you. 
All right, guys, if this episode was helpful for you, please make sure to subscribe and share this with people that may need to hear this. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place to live. I will talk to you guys next week. Stay tuned for part two. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.